Well, hi, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. Um, And actually, this episode is probably going to be the last one for a little while where I am the only one here because we've got some great guests and some great episodes upcoming for the fall, especially as we get into our Justice and Mercy series as a church and start dealing with ways that we can practice justice and mercy. And the topic I'm going to talk about today, I I don't want to make any promises, but I think this is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode after some long ones on the marriage subject. Um, I want to use as sort of a test case in looking at the subjects of justice and mercy, um, the recent uh, President Biden declaration about student loan forgiveness. And and here's the deal. Um, The reason I want to talk about this is not because I have just a laundry list of biblical thoughts on exactly how student loan forgiveness should be done. You're going to see that, that I don't have that long laundry list. And it's not because I am a deep expert on the economic and financial issues related to all of this. Um, The main reason I want to talk about this is because this subject has ended up being an opportunity for really supporters of it and critics of it to claim justice and mercy as their motive for either criticizing it or championing it. Um, and and so here's what I want to do. I, I want to do three things in this episode. First, um, I want to talk about sort of what is the Christian or the Bible response towards this idea of the um, student debt forgiveness and student loan forgiveness and $10,000 some cases and 20000 in other cases. I want to just talk about sort of the biblical answer to that question. And then I want to give a warning to proponents of this and a warning to opponents of this, because I think there's a legitimate warning on either side. Um, but, but we might just start with the basic question. And the basic question is this, is this sort of a biblical Christian thing to do, the, this specific form of student loan forgiveness? And I think in the end, here's what we've got to say. What we've got to say is there is not a clear biblical Christian message that would lead us to clearly say, yes, this is good, or clearly say, no, this is bad. This is an area where it is okay for Christians to be on different sides of the aisle. And in fact, and to, to some degree, it, it lines up on sort of the bigger government, smaller government side um, that you can make a case and you can make a wisdom case for either one of those, but you're just not going to read the Bible and end up saying the Bible demands that the government does all of these many programs, or the Bible says that the government shouldn't do all these many programs. You're going to have a hard time saying this. So this is a case where we've got to have the humility to be able to say, there's not just an automatic biblical answer to this. Um, There are some people that might say, hey, that there is real biblical backing for this because you're reading the Old Testament and you read in Leviticus 25 about the whole concept of the year of Jubilee, which was a time that prisoners were set free and and loans were forgiven and people were able to come back to land that they had sold off to other people. And so this is sort of like this. This whole idea of loan forgiveness is is a biblical idea. And what I'd say is, well... there's not zero legitimacy to that, that there's some legitimacy to saying we would look at that in general, we'd look at loan forgiveness and say, yeah, that's something to be celebrated. And there's even something that was done in Israel, or at least that God told the Israelites to do. It's not clear how much they actually did this, but but there is something there that was meant to be a celebration of this. And even people who you could argue could have been on the hook for this, they, they willingly went in and 
um, sold this property or, or um, rented themselves out as, as slaves, sold themselves into servitude to, to work off a debt. Now they get to be made free because God is the liberator of the slaves and God forgives all of our debts. And so there is something to be said for that. Um, with that said, there's just not a direct parallel where, where we can say, hey, year of Jubilee, therefore this is clearly the policy that our government could, uh, should have. That's not clear at all. You can say that it's good. It, it certainly is is something that certain people would be celebrating, but it's not clearly a biblical good. Um, and the other side is that some people will criticize this and know clearly this is a bad thing because it's unfair. Um, and unfair for a couple of different reasons. Um, unfair, first of all, because some people worked hard and paid off their student loans, and now they're not going to benefit from this. And so it's unfair that they paid off their student loans and other people are not going to have to pay off all their student loans because they're going to get some help. And then also unfair because why this debt and not other debt? You know, I have a mortgage or I have a car loan or, or I have credit card debt or, or, or anything like that, or I, I have business expenses. Why are they forgiving that debt and not this debt? It's not fair. Um, and I think it's important at this point to, to make a differentiation between what we might call fairness and what we might call justice. Um, and I know it, it can be tough to distinguish this because we think of these running in tandem, and, and there's a good reason to have them running in tandem. But here's the deal. Justice is about what we owe to each other. And so nobody, you could say in this case, nobody is owed forgiveness of any loans. That's a generosity that's given. And so it's not unjust if some loans are forgiven and other loans are not forgiven because it's not about what somebody is owed. Nobody owes me to pay down my debts that I owe somebody else. So from that standpoint, we could say, well, well, it's not fair. Well, well, sure, it's it's not fair in the sense that everybody's not getting an equal share of all of this, but that's never been the case. Um, if you walk down the street and you see a homeless person and they're asking for money and you decide, you, you reach into your wallet and you have a couple of 20s and you decide to give them a couple of 20s um, and then you walk away, you have not by doing that been unjust to all the other homeless people that you didn't give any money to. You didn't owe that homeless person money. You decided to give them money out of your own generosity. You haven't been unjust to everyone else, but you could say, well, it's unfair in the sense that it's unequal. You didn't give equal money to everybody else. That's what I'm talking about with this. So it's not unjust if some people receive a government benefit and others don't. That's what happens with government benefits it's okay. Some people get child tax credits. Other people get, you know, I get housing allowance as a pastor. There are different things like that. So there's a difference between somebody giving a benefit and that benefit being distributed unequally because it doesn't go to everyone and somebody withholding justice. So I say all that just to say, hey, as, as Christian brothers and sisters in Christ, if you run across somebody, if you're a big proponent, you say, I think this is wonderful that President Biden is advocating to, to do this with reducing student debt and you run into a Christian who's against it, it is not appropriate for you, you just to assume, well, you're just a spiteful person and you just don't care about the poor and you don't care about people who have student loans. And if you're somebody who's a critic of this and maybe legitimately a critic of this, thinking that this is bad policy or just a bad idea, it, it's not legitimate for you to look to, at somebody who's um, in favor of it, a Christian who's in favor of it, and just assume, hey, you're just a freeloader. You just don't care about the people who have paid off their debts and you don't care about any of that. We, we need to be charitable towards each other. So that's number one as we talk about all of this. And now with the rest of the time, what I want to do is I want to give what I see as a legitimate warning 
to those who are supporters of this whole idea of, of the forgiveness of, of student debt, and then also give a warning to those who are critics of this idea. And, and with this, I, I do wanna use very biblical principles for all of this. And so here's the warning to those who would um, be supporters of this. Um, be careful that you're not simply looking at what policies you support and saying, this appears to be nice and therefore it clearly must be wise. Um, we could look at this and we could say, gosh, given $10,000 to all of these people who are in student debt, that, that feels like a great thing to do, that they would be excited to get that knocked off. So you can say that, you can look at that and say that there's clearly some obvious benefits to doing this. Don't automatically assume that that is then the wise and right thing to do in every situation. And also, and I believe that this is a little bit deeper, um, be careful about ascribing to yourself generosity when you haven't actually done anything generous. Um, and I think that this is in particular a problem more for the political left than for the political right. And, and I'll explain, I think that this is an example of it. Um, if Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or even President Trump had, had come out and said, I am going to use my money to pay off a whole bunch of student loans from a whole bunch of Americans who took out debt to go to college. Um, there would really be no big downside to that. You look at them and be like, hey, they are generously using their own money. I can't imagine somebody objecting to that. That, that would just be a great thing. So you'd say, well, why would anybody object to this? It's because the government doesn't actually have money that's theirs, that the government has money that is brought in from the American people. And so this is not just President Biden saying, I'm dipping into my bank account to do this. People who understand government policy are saying, this is going to have to be paid for some way. And so either there's going to be more taxes and we're all going to end up paying for these different student loans, or it's going to end up that something else is going to be cut that maybe we don't think should be cut in order to divert the money to pay for all of this. So be careful about saying, I'm, I'm generous, or, or maybe I should put it this way. Um, President Biden, by doing this, should not be viewed as he is being generous. He's not using his money to do this. And I think that there is a parallel to this, where sometimes people on the political left can view themselves. You can view yourself as, hey, I'm generous because I'm voting for candidates or I'm voting for policies that are going to allocate money to poor people. Now, here's the deal. You can think that that's good policy. You can end up coming to the conclusion, I think that this is good policy. Don't mistake that for you being generous. That's not you being generous by voting for those things. That's you voting for other people's money to be taken and reallocated to that. Generosity would be if you choose to give from what's yours to people who are in need. You choose to give what's from yours to help pay off student loans. And so I say all this to say, hey, if you at the end of the day, look at all the data on this, look at all the implications of this, look at the, the downstream possible effects and, and you do all the calculations and you say, no, I think at the end of the day, this is good policy. There's a case to be made for that. But please don't mistake that for either you being generous about it or for something that's nice always being something that's wise. Be careful of criticizing people who are critics of this and acting as if they're just not generous people. Really, on this whole thing, nobody who's advocating for this policy is doing it from a place that they can claim deep generosity because it's not their money going to it. 
So that's the warning for those who would be more supporters of this. Um, here's the warning for uh, that, that I want to give to those who are critics of this. Um, and I feel a little bit more strongly about this just because there's more people in my life that I know who are critics of this. I would think if you surveyed our church, there would be more people. It wouldn't be 50-50. There would probably be more people who are critical of this move by President Biden than people who are big fans of it. And, and so I do think that there's something here that's important for us to see. And it gets back to a little bit of what I was talking about in sort of the, the justice versus fairness idea. And here's the warning that I want to give. The warning that I want to give is beware of envy and malice. And the reason that I want to say that is because I've seen a lot of people talking and posting, and here has been the thrust of their criticism of this. Um, it, it's been kind of in, in two areas. Um, one has been, I worked hard to pay off my student loans, and I didn't get anything, and so they shouldn't get anything. Here's what I want to say. There's an argument to be made that that's malicious. That's you saying, I don't want something good for somebody else because I didn't get it. And then there's another argument, and people will joke because of some of the stuff going on with gender in our culture. They'll say, my, my mortgage now identifies as a student loan, sort of making a joke out of, well, why not my mortgage? That's debt also. Why don't I get help and instead they get help? And that might not be malice. That might just be envy. That might be us saying, hey, I am not okay with the idea that they have something positive that I want, but I don't have. Beware of envy and beware of malice. And here's the interesting thing on this, and I think that there is a parallel here. While it's not perfect, there is a parallel between this and between people who talk a lot about income inequality. Um, which, which is another typically sort of a left-right sort of thing. Um, it's typically people on the political left who are um, talking a lot about the, the wrong of income inequality and why, why should Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have all this money? That's just not right that they have all this money. And, you know, this small amount of people owns this percentage of the wealth in the country or the wealth in the world, and we need more sort of parity as far as um, our income. And a lot of people on the political right will say, hey, it's— it, it's really none of your business how much money. How is it hurting you that they have that much money? That's just envy. And I think often that is true. In fact, there were surveys that were done with people, and th this was one of the chilling parts of the surveys that were done, and people were basically asked um, if there was more parity, if, if, if there was uh, less income inequality, um, so that there was more sort of everybody was making close to the same amount of money, but you were poorer. Would you rather ha be poorer with more income equality or be richer but have a bigger disparity um, with, with the income that you have and that other people have? And a shocking number of people opted for saying, I'd rather have less wealth but have it be more equal so that I'm not as far behind other people that are ahead of me. Um, this not only is irrational, it, it's irrational to say, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be poor because I just don't want somebody to be ahead. Um, and not only is irrational, this is just ugly. That This is malicious. This is envy. And I think there's a correct criticism of this. And what I want to say is I think that there are some people on the political right in a different way doing this same sort of thing with the student loan idea. If you think that this is unwise, there's a case to be made. If you think that this is bad policy, there's a case to be made. If you think this doesn't really solve the problem of college, there's a case to be made. I, I think all of those are legit criticisms, and there's a lot of people that have a solid footing in being critics of this whole thing. But we are not on solid footing if our reasoning for being critical of it is either that we're saying, 
I didn't get that good thing, so I don't want them to have it. Or if we're saying, I don't currently get that good thing, and so they shouldn't have it while I don't have it. That's envy, and that's malice. And those are ugly things before the Lord. Um, and it even brings up, there's a parable that Jesus told. And I understand I'm following this. This is about much more than money, this parable is. It's, it's using money as just sort of as, a, as an illustration of something bigger. But I think it actually does fit with this whole mindset. Um, and it's in Matthew 20. It's one of my favorite parables because it's infuriating. And Jesus, there are some parables that were infuriating to people at the time that they're not infuriating to us today. But Matthew 20 is one that typically is infuriating to us today. And, and you may recognize it as I talk through it. But what happens in this parable is that there's a vineyard owner and he wants to get workers for the vineyard. And so he goes out at the beginning of the day, 6 a.m., gets a bunch of them and says, hey, you're going to work for 12 hours today and then I'm going to pay you a denarius at the end of the day goes out at 9 a.m., finds more workers and says, come and I'll pay you whatever is fair. They work for nine hours, comes and finds uh, more workers at noon. They come in, they work for six hours. Same thing, I'm going to pay you what's fair. Get some people at 3 p.m., they work for three hours. Get some people at 5 p.m., they work for one hour. And then at the end, when it's time to pay everybody up, he pays everybody the same. He pays everybody a denarius, just a regular day's wage. And the 12-hour workers are hacked off about it. They're mad about it. And the vineyard owner is saying, well, what's, what's your problem? I gave you, you agreed to this. I, I said that this is what I'd pay you for the day. You agreed to this. Why are you upset? And their basic reason for being upset is they said, you made them, you made the one-hour workers equal to us. The fact that you were generous with them now makes us discontent. Be kind of paraphrasing discontent with what I have. These are not the heroes of the story. The 12-hour workers are not the justice heroes of the story. They are the ones who are to be criticized because they are upset about ultimately God being generous with people who didn't work as hard as they worked. We need to make sure that our reason for being critical of this is not because we're mad about somebody else getting a blessing that we didn't get in equal measure. Um, like I said in this, I think that this is one of those occasions where we can have Republicans and Democrats, you know, liberals and, and conservatives uh, together. You can have conversations with people. You can politely ask, like, all right, why are you in favor of this? And have you thought about this? I think that all is okay. Let's be careful about judging each other's motives. Let's look at this as a debatable matter, and let's all watch our hearts on this. Let's be careful not to give ourselves too much credit if we're in favor of this, and let's be careful of envy and malice if we're critics of this. Um, I would welcome any interaction on this. Once again, if you feel like, ah, oh, you don't really understand what's going on with sort of the student loan thing, hopefully you can see that's less the point of this. The, the, the point of this is not doing a deep dive and trying to analyze the policy, but more looking at how do we respond in our hearts and where are the spiritual battlefronts when something like this happens. Um, but I would welcome any comments, feedback, questions, interaction about this subject or how you feel like it applies to the whole subject of justice and mercy more generally. Um, we, we post all of our podcast episodes on YouTube and also on our website, lbf.church. So go check those out and you can check out back episodes also. We've got a whole bunch of great content, including a four-week series on marriage that we uh, just finished a little while ago. You can check all of those out. 
We will be back in two weeks with guests, and we will be talking through how we are looking to practice justice and mercy in our community and how others are on the front lines of practicing this. It's going to be a great set of episodes, and I'm really looking forward to it. So thanks for taking the time to tune in here, and I'll see you next time on The Christian Contrast. 